month. Okay, guys, you should be excited about that. Okay, Christmas Eve is, if you didn't know, this is a big day around here. It's one of our biggest days of the year. And guess what? This year it's on a Sunday. Okay, that's exciting, okay? It's gonna be great. And that's why we have three services that we're gonna be offering on Christmas Eve because we're expecting more people than usual. People are spiritually open around Christmas time. So this is your chance to invite your one. If we seek the one, it's a great chance to invite your one to come on Christmas Eve. We have three service times, and I think you're gonna like this. They are 8.30, 10, and 11.30 on Christmas Eve because it's a Sunday. You may be like, what about the afternoon services? What about the evening ones? You get to hang out with your family and hang out with your friends all the rest of the day I know my staff and volunteers are very excited about that, but this is great um, that you can invite them to that Sunday morning um, service and, and nobody has an excuse. Nobody's working that morning, right? Uh, unless you're in the medical profession, but hopefully you can be here anyways in person or online. So start inviting people to that Christmas Eve. It's gonna be great. Um, well, if you're new here, I'm so glad that you're here. My name is Matt Wolf. I'm the lead pastor here at Arise Church Denver, and we are all about helping people follow Jesus and we wanna help you follow Jesus. And I love new people, I love connecting with new people, so if you haven't done it yet, please fill out the form at arisedenver.com new. Even if you're joining us online, there's a couple that's been joining us online for a long time, never been in person, but they reached out this week because one of them was in the hospital. So I was able to do an in-person hospital visit with somebody who's joining us online every week. I love that opportunity to, to meet um, some people in person. So um, if you are online, we would love to connect, fill out that, uh, thing at arisedenver.com slash new. Okay, um, before we get into our message for today, I, I just felt a prompting that we need to pray a little bit because the enemy is at work, okay? Would you guys pray with me? It's not just me praying. I, we all need to be praying together. Can we do that? Okay, let's pray. Uh, um, Lord God, whatever is going on right now, you know. We don't see it, but we know that there is a whole host of things that are not flesh and blood that we battle against. And Lord God, we pray against the enemy today. We pray against Satan, we are not unaware of his schemes, and we know that you are more powerful. So in the name of Jesus, we pray this morning against distractions that are already disconnecting people from what you're trying to tell them right now. We pray against temptation and sin, which is dragging people astray. We pray against division, Lord God. I pray for those marriages right now who are hurting, who are fighting, who are struggling, Lord God, bring healing, bring restoration. Do not let the enemy destroy families. And Lord God, we pray against sickness of all kind for those who are struggling right now with physical ailments, with mental health issues, with depression, Lord God, we pray for your healing because we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we claim that power in the name of Jesus today. Amen. Thank you guys for praying with me. Okay, so we are in our series, Made to Play. This is week three. And if you have missed any of it, just know that we are all on a team and you belong on the team. Okay, in our faith, there are no spectators. Everyone belongs in the game and you belong on the team. That's what we learned in week one. Last week, um, Pastor Sawyer gave a dynamite message where he taught us to be an MVP because the most valuable player is the player who makes the most players valuable. And that's what we need to do. Look around us, how can we make our team better? And then today, I'm gonna challenge you to do your job. You hear me? Do your job. I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them to do their job. That's good. Because we all have a job today to do and we are all called to do it. So I'm gonna jump right into our scripture passage today in Romans chapter 12. We started this two weeks ago. I wanna read this entire passage and then we're gonna focus on the second half today. So in your Bibles, open to Romans 12, verse three. If you have a smartphone, use the YouVersion Bible app. 
Go to the bottom right-hand corner, it says more, and in the center it says events, find our Rise Church Denver event, and save right there on your phone. So in Romans chapter 12, verse three, the apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. You belong on the team. And then in verse 6, what we're going to be focusing on today, it says that we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So here are listed seven different spiritual gifts, seven different positions on the team that our team needs. And the Bible has at least 17 different spiritual gifts that are described in different lists, especially here in Romans and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and in places like Ephesians 4. But all the lists are slightly different, so I do not think those 17 are exhaustive. There might be even more than that. But what we do see is that God gives each person, if you are a follower of Jesus, a gift, a spiritual gift. Not only do you receive his Holy Spirit when you believe as a down payment, assuring the eternal life to come, but it also empowers you with a special gift that you are supposed to use for the team. The big C church needs you to use your spiritual gift and our local C church needs you as well so that our team can be stronger. So what I'm trying to teach you is that God gives us each a spiritual gift for us to give to others. He gives us each a spiritual gift for us to give to others. If you look at verse six, the word gift in Greek is the same root word as the word grace. So you have a, a gift by the grace of God. It's a grace gift, you could translate it as. Meaning God gave you something, but guess what? It's not for you. It's for others. It's not so you can be the gifted and talented program. Okay, we got a whole generation of millennials screwed up by that, okay? Okay, it's not for you to feel good about yourself. You have the gift so you can serve others, so you can build up the body of Christ even better because they need you playing your position. Okay, they need you to do your job. Did you know if you think about a football team, it's actually made up of three different teams. Did you know that? There's the offense, the defense, the special teams. They're not on the field at the same time. They have different objectives and tasks and each of those teams has to do their job. And within those three teams, there's actually 24 different positions you can play in football. 24 different positions. And even among those positions, there are different roles to play. The offensive lineman on the the right, in the front of the right-handed quarterback, does something different than the one on the blind side of the quarterback. And every one of those positions is important. If the lineman says, I don't get to touch the ball, what's gonna happen if he complains and doesn't do his job? The quarterback's getting sacked, okay? If uh, uh, all the the players are like, I wanna catch the ball, it's not fair. And if every player just runs downfield to catch the ball, what's gonna happen? Quarterback's getting sacked. Nobody's there to block the rush from the defense. Same thing on defense. Safety might sound like a great position, like, oh, that'll be cool, you're out in the open field, I can catch the ball. But if every player's like, hey, I wanna play back and play safety, 
then the opposing offense is just gonna run the ball down your throat and get yard after yard after yard. See, every position is important if you want to win in a game like football, how much more so in the body of Christ? Every position matters, so I'm challenging you to do your job. Lifeway Research just um, published some research and they interviewed Christians across our country and found that two thirds of people who call themselves Christians in our country think that you do not need fellow believers to walk with God. Two thirds say that. Yes, and you're right, that is baloney. Might use a different word for it as well. Okay, it's not true. You need other followers of Jesus around you to encourage you, to challenge you, to hold you accountable, to lift you up, to pray for you, to love you. And they need you. The body of Christ is weaker when you do not do your job. And that's why the local C church is important as a follower of Jesus. You need it if you wanna be a faithful, faithful follower of Jesus and they need you to play your position. And I really think there are a lot of churches hurting just because someone is like uh, out of their position. The quarterback's getting sacked. No wonder why pastors are falling. No wonder why churches are struggling right now because people are like, ah, oh, they don't need me or I don't need them more often and therefore churches are hurting. So I'm gonna challenge you today from God's word to do your job. So what we're gonna do today is something a little different. We are gonna go through the seven spiritual gifts in this passage, and next week we're gonna cover the other 10 that we're gonna see in the scriptures. But before we do that, we have a special spiritual gifts test that we created to help you understand what your spiritual gift is. So the QR code is up here on the screen. If you do not have a phone or, or, or a whatever your tablet is, whatever, Smartphone, Simone. Um, if you don't have one of those, raise your hand high and we actually have physical copies that we can come bring around to you. So raise your hand high and keep it up there until somebody um, comes around and brings you one of these physical tests. If you are online, if you're listening to my voice, go to risedenver.com slash test. And yes, everybody do it. And we're gonna take a, a few minutes right now to do this. This was put together um, a lot of this work was done by our very new, uh, awesome connections director, Katie Derry. She put a lot of work into this, which is really cool. And I do just want to tell you this test is not perfect. If it was, it'd be in the Bible. It'd be an addendum to the book of Romans. But this might be a helpful test for, for you to discover what your spiritual gift is if you don't know it. And if you see those results, this is a great thing to discuss with your community group this week, to ask your friend, your spouse, uh, somebody that knows you well, say, hey, is this my spiritual gift? Uh, it might not be perfect, but it might, hopefully this gives you a starting point to discover what your spiritual gift is. Because God has given every single follower of Jesus at least one spiritual gift, and it might be uh, multiple gifts. Usually people have kind of a gift mix. And so what we want to do is encourage you to discover that and then to do your job with it. Because when you are using your gift, the body of Christ is the strongest. We um, live in a, a city that in, in a five mile radius of this church, there are 350,000 unchurched men, women, and children. That's a lot of people that might spend an eternity away from Christ. Meaning we have a huge mission field. We have a big task to do, and our church needs you to do your job. And that's why we want you to learn your gift. So today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through the first seven spiritual gifts, which are here in our passage in Romans chapter 12. So I know some of you are still finishing this out, but we're gonna go ahead and jump in to the first gift, which is prophecy. This is my definition of what prophecy is. Um, 
is that prophecy is speaking something that God spontaneously brings to mind. And I might say communicating. You know, I guess you don't have to speak it verbally. But communicating something that God spontaneously brings to mind. So when God puts a thought in your head and you're like, wow, that's profound, that's interesting, it, it could be a prediction of the future. A lot of people think that's what prophecy is, and it could be that. That's a part of it. But prophecy just means speaking forth. So it can be just saying something that's going on. And if God puts something on your heart and you're like, oh, that, that, that came out of nowhere, that might be God speaking to another person through you. Um, and it doesn't say speaking spontaneously. Did you notice that? Okay, some of you do that and you got a problem, okay? But self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So it means God might spontaneously bring it to mind, but you need to humbly, prayerfully think about it, consider it before you speak it or communicate it to another person. In our passage in Romans 12, verse six, it starts out with this gift. It says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. So if your gift is prophesying, and it's interesting, this uh, prophesying, this gift actually occurs first in a number of different lists. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 that this might be one of the greater gifts. This is a good thing. And some of you are uncomfortable with it. You're like, hey, Matt, isn't that kind of like a supernatural thing? Are we sure that's still around? Well, let me just tell you this. Every single gift is supernatural. They all are. They all come from God, and they enable you and empower you to do something that has a supernatural benefit. So prophesying is speaking. It doesn't just mean preaching, but it can be just someone talking. Now, I believe that Jesus had every single spiritual gift. The rest of us don't. But Jesus displayed prophecy. Not only did he preach with clarity, but when he spoke to people, he knew things about them and spoke. And it says that he knew what was in a man, that he could say something and people would be like, how did you know that? Because Jesus had this gift of prophesying. Um, some other people in the New Testament, there's a famous prophet named Agabus in the early church in the book of Acts. And Agabus was given words from God to speak to God's people. He actually predicted some of the future. He predicted a famine was coming and it came. So the early church was able to prepare and be ready so they wouldn't be starving when the famine came. He also told Paul what would happen if he were arrested. These words are from God, but they are not the word of God. I need to say this clearly. Because we are fallible, we are sinful, sometimes we mess up what God says or we think God says something and we are wrong. So that's why if you have this gift, I encourage you to be humble about it. Be humble, prayerfully think through it before you speak. Be in a relationship with the person before you tell them something. And, and I would say this, if you're on the other side and you're like, I don't know about this gift, not only does it tell us that this is one of the greatest gifts that we should aspire to it and, and pray that we could have it, but also it tells us in 1 Thessalonians, do not despise prophecy. So some people don't like it. They're like, ugh, don't despise it. Instead, it says, do not despise prophecy. It says, test everything and hold fast to what's good. So if someone tells you something and, and you're like, I don't know if that's right, test it. Is it true to the word of God? Is it true to reality? Does it make sense? Then it might be from God. If you test it and you're like, I don't think that's what scripture says, it, it might contradict scripture, it's probably wrong. Okay, we're only supposed to hold fast to what's good. Now I've had people give me some of these words and they're saying, hey, I, I, I just have this thought and I don't know if it's from God or not. That's the humility, but, but I just wanted to tell you because God put it on my heart. And then they say this thing and I'm like, okay. Sometimes I've had people tell me things that happen in the future and they come to pass. 
I've had other people tell me things that are so weird that I still don't know what it means. I had a mentor tell me, when that happens, put it on the back burner. Okay, it's on simmer. I'm not gonna forget about what that person said, but I just don't know what to do with it yet. And if it's on the back burner, if I keep it simmering, then when it's the right time, then I'll know what it means. And I'll say, ah, that makes sense. So I would say that if somebody gives you a word of prophecy, that's what you're supposed to do. If this is your spiritual gift, I would encourage you, you do have to be a little bold. Prayerfully, humbly go to a person and say, hey, this is, I think, what God is trying to say right now. I don't know why, it doesn't really make sense, but this is what God laid on my heart. If it's not from God, let's just leave it aside, but I just wanted to tell you this. Don't, don't hold that back because this is a gift that's really important. Like I said, it's one of the gifts that's mentioned first in three different places. Meaning the church needs people who are willing to, to speak up for the spontaneous thing that God bring to mind for this moment, for this moment. So that's the first gift that's mentioned in this passage, prophesy, prophecy. The second one is serving, serving. And this is how I would define serving is, serving is helping others in various ways. In some translation, it even calls this the gift of helps. This is helping other people in a whole variety of different ways. And if you're thinking, well, Matt, aren't we all supposed to serve? Well, yes, we are. But certain people have a supernatural gift that that when they serve, something supernatural happens. And I really mean this. Like, yes, we might all need to set up tables and chairs for an event, but when this person jumps in and does it, all of a sudden, boom, something supernatural happens. Or you help another person and it makes such an impact on their heart that they're like, wow, and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, all I did was buy you some tamales. And, but that person like receives those and they're like, whoa, that would mean so much. It means the world to me. How come, come you did that? And it's something supernatural. So serving is helping others in various ways. Jesus had this gift. And here, actually, we'll see this in the verse. Let, let me do that first before I talk about Jesus. Verse seven, it says, if it is serving, then serve, okay? In case you need some explicit instruction, if you have the gift of serving, serve. There's the command, do your job. Um, Jesus had this spiritual gift. He said about himself, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. One of the most profound things that Jesus ever did in his life was when he washed his disciples' feet. We still remember it. How powerful and a profound thing he did just by serving them. Serving is profound, it is powerful, so I encourage you to serve. Um, And uh, for each of these gifts, I'm gonna give you a, a couple ways that you can serve in the church. Uh, I missed it on prophecy, but if you have the gift of prophecy, what I would say is you can really use that well in a community group because these are people who know you, you know them, you can speak to them. You might wanna become a community group leader or serve in kids or student ministry. If your gift is serving, we need you everywhere. But let me call attention to a, f- a couple things that are really big needs. First, welcome team. Okay, we need more greeters and ushers. We're having more and more people. We had record attendance the last two weeks. So we need people who can just greet people and then help people find seats. We also need people in our parking ministry that can serve. That's a great way to serve. You can serve people, you can talk to people that have to park way down the street and it allows our guests to use our lot. Um, We need people in parking ministry. We need people serving in production. We need also people serving in our facility ministry. If you are a handyman or can just put some labor into it, you can make our facility better and therefore allow more people to follow Jesus. So those are some ways you can serve around here. So if you have the gift of serving, serve. Third gift, teaching. I would define teaching this way. Teaching is explaining the way of Jesus to apply it to people's lives. It's not just teaching anything, it's teaching the way of Jesus, it's teaching spiritual things, and it helps change people's lives. It's not just passing knowledge from one person to another, it's changing their lives. 
Um, in our verse, it's very simple. Verse seven, it says, if it is teaching, if your gift is teaching, then teach. <laughs> Pretty specific instruction, right? If you have the gift of teaching, teach. People that have this gift often do gravitate towards becoming teachers uh, or working in a way that they are instructing other people um, because you're naturally gifted to that. But the spiritual component of it is, is when you teach people God's word or something about Jesus and they all of a sudden are like, ah, now I get it for the first time and something changes about their lives. So, so this can be a really powerful thing. Jesus, of course, had this gift. When he taught, it says he taught as one who had authority. He spoke and all of a sudden like, whoa, now God's law makes sense. All these people that have been studying it for their whole lifetimes can't even explain it anywhere clearly as much as Jesus can. Jesus had this gift, the gift of teaching. And there's other teachers in the early church, people like Apollos or like Paul taught very clearly, very powerfully, and it changed lives. So if you have this gift, teach others. There's some ways that you can serve in our church in kids ministry, another one of our huge needs. We opened up a new classroom. We have more kids um, all the time that are coming to kids ministry. This is a great way to teach the next generation. Student ministry. If you have a way of making God's word understandable to a teenager, you have a gift and we need it. Okay, so use that gift to teach others. You might wanna try it in your community group or in men's and women's ministry. We have um, people like Tammy um, who are teaching in our women's ministry who have this gift or, or like um, Gary Lidholm, he invited me to the men's Bible study on Thursday and I was able to come and he has this gift of teaching that he can study deep in God's word and then explain it to people. It's a gift that we need. And if you have this gift, I would say study hard. You've gotta learn, you gotta be growing, you gotta be reading, you gotta be listening to stuff. So you're always growing in your knowledge and then you're practicing this. And what I would say is if you have this gift, some people are like, well, Matt, can I preach then next week? Um, probably not. But what I would say is start small. If you have this gift, don't neglect small beginnings. That's what it says in God's word. Do not neglect small beginnings. Start small, bring it to your community group. Say, hey, I've been studying this passage and I wanna share some things that I've learned. And if they respond well, then you know you're on the right track. If they're like, that didn't make any sense, you got some more work to do and maybe you don't have this gift. But start small. And you'll be amazed what God would do if you are faithful with the small things. So the gift of teaching is a really critical one we need. That's the third gift. The fourth gift in our passage is encouraging, encouragement. And encouraging is using words to strengthen and motivate others using words to strengthen and motivate others. Sometimes it's called the gift of exhortation, which means pushing people on, especially with God's word. But, but encouraging is strengthening and motivating others. Are we all supposed to encourage other people? Yes. Do you wanna know who needs encouragement? Look for the people that are breathing. Um, we all need encouragement. But some people who have this gift can take someone who's like depressed and down on their luck and all of a sudden you can speak to them and boom, they pop back up. And they're like, how did that happen? Well, it's a spiritual gift. Something supernatural happens with your words. Um, this is a, a gift that we see in this passage in verse eight where it says, if it is to encouragement, guess what? Then give encouragement. So do it, don't hold back. What I would say is if you think something good, say something good. It's a good rule to live by. It's a good rule to live by. Jesus had this gift. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus was even encouraging his disciples. Even with Peter, he's like, I know you're gonna fail, dude. But when you fail, come back and then you will strengthen your brothers. So Jesus is giving encouragement even as he knows he's about to die. What a gift. There's other people in the New Testament like Barnabas who had the gift. He was called the son of encouragement. That's his name. And he did that. 
when John Mark failed, he messed up, Paul was done with him. And Barnabas was like, no, I think we, we can encourage him. I think he can get better. And he encouraged him to the point where John Mark wrote the gospel of Mark. We have one of the books of Bible because Barnabas used his spiritual gift of encouragement to encourage Mark. I think that's impressive. So the gift of encouragement is important and you can use this in your church. We have some people with this gift in our church and they're some of my favorite people. My love language is words of affirmation. So when people send me texts or emails or write cards of encouragement, I'm like, yes, I need that gift. Um, Amanda Smith is someone who has this gift in our church. She often writes me emails about messages or things that are going on. And man, it like, okay, that just propelled me for the next three months. Like, I'll be good. And this gift of encouragement can really propel people forward that way, encourage and motivate others. So use that gift of encouragement if you have it. And once again, I would say, if you have that gift, go to kids ministry, serve in student ministry. Our teenagers are facing depression now at a, at a, a rate that we've never seen before in our country. They need encouragement. So if you have that gift, that might be a good place for you. You also might wanna serve on the welcome team because you see people walking in the door and your word that you speak to them that day, hey, you're looking good today. If you have the gift of encouragement, it's actually gonna be more powerful than anything I say from the pulpit. I mean that. If you have that gift, let God use you in those ways. That's the gift of encouraging. The fifth gift in our passage is the gift of generosity. And generosity, as I would define it, is giving time and treasures abundantly. Are we all supposed to give our time? Yes. Are we all supposed to give our treasures? Yes. But these people, they give it abundantly. And when they give, stuff happens. They give and it, stuff happens. And it isn't just money, although it could be. It could be opening up your home. Some people think uh, hospitality is a separate gift, and maybe it is. But I think opening up your home, giving people food is a very generous thing. Letting someone stay in your extra bedroom. Wow, could you be more generous? Do you, have you seen how much rent costs here in Denver? Uh, or, you know, so that's a way to be generous. It, it can be food, it can be giving gifts, it can be serving in the cafe. It could be writing a $24,000 check to finish our Maximize project today. <laughs> it includes your treasures. But it's giving and giving generously. Um, in our verse, in, in verse eight, it says, um, if it is giving, then give generously. This is the first one that actually says how to do it. It's not just give, give generously. This is giving abundantly more, sometimes than it even feels like you're able, it's sacrificial, but when you do it, man, stuff happens. And if you have this gift, you actually love that feeling of giving to others. It's a powerful thing. And Jesus was generous, wasn't he? He had this gift. Not only did he wash his disciples' feet, but he fed people when they were hungry. When there was 5,000 people to feed, everybody's like, send them home, that's gonna cost a fortune. Jesus is like, no, we got this. He was generous to feed them. Even on the cross, he didn't just tithe his blood, he gave 100%. He gave his life for us to forgive us of our sins. And it's in that generosity we must be generous too. We see this in the early church. There are people um, uh, like Phoebe who, who probably, or, and Junia who hosted people in their home because the early church didn't have buildings. Okay, it took people to be generous with their home to house a church. Or there's a, a group of women that actually funded Jesus's ministry. Did you know that? The reason why he could go around and preach is because of some generous women who had this gift. It's a powerful thing and I encourage you to use it. We have people in our church who do this. I see people giving gifts all the time. I'm like, man, you're giving a gift for all sorts of occasions. Wanna help all the babies. You wanna bring food to the cafe. You just wanna give, give, give. And that's awesome. Use that gift. Some people write some big checks in our church. I see their tithes. I see their special gifts and I'm blown away. I'm blown away and it's not even just the dollar amount. Some people I'm like, I know how, how much you're living. Wow, that's generous. 
That's the gift of generosity. And we need more of that in our church. Not only should you give generously, financially, but you might wanna serve in areas like the cafe. That's a great way to feed people. You might wanna serve with our benevolence ministry to help us figure out who should be getting some of the, the money that is given through our church. Maybe to serve with our outreach ministry. We got all sorts of different ways to serve meals, to, to help those who are refugees. This is a great way to be generous. That's the fifth one. The sixth one that we're gonna cover today is the gift of administration. And I would define administration as this, is it's providing organization and leadership to others. Organization and leadership to others. In our passage, it uses the word lead. Verse eight, it says, if it is to lead, do it diligently. Now, some people think that administration and leading um, are two different gifts, and maybe you're right. Um, I, I think they're kind of two different elements of this same gift, um, but we can fight later about it. Um, but in, in this verse, there's a, the word leading kind of means the person standing out f- up front, but it also uses the word guiding or administration, depending on your translation, in 1 Corinthians 12, and it means the person who's like steering the ship. It's providing organization and leadership. So it might be two different sides of the coin. There, there's one person who might be up front, but then there's another person behind the scenes organizing and coordinating everything, and they fit together in this gift of leadership. Jesus had this gift. I mean, he sent his 72 disciples out two by two. He must have had some administration to figure out where they were going and how they were gonna do it. And then he got them to do it. And they went out there with like no money, with no, nothing, and they went and preached the gospel and healed the sick and cast out demons. That's some leadership right there. Jesus displayed it. We also see people like Paul in the New Testament who display a lot of leadership to get churches off the ground and plant all sorts of churches. That is impressive to have that much leadership and administration. So I would say if you have this gift, um, you might love Excel spreadsheets. You also might love you know, helping other people. And when you are like, hey, let's do this thing, all of a sudden people are doing it with you, like you might have that gift of leadership. And if that's you, you can use it in every single ministry. It doesn't matter which one you pick. In fact, if you're already serving, what I would encourage you to do is to just go to your your current leader of that ministry or or come to one of our staff members and say, hey, I think I might have the gift of leadership or administration. Great, we'll put you to work. Especially administration. For people like me, that might not be as strong. Like if you're like, hey, I can help with that administration. I'm like, done, boom, I got a job for you. Because I need people like you because I move too quick and sometimes I forget about the details. Administration is so helpful as a, as a part of this leadership. Um, so please serve. And we do actually have an administration team, an admin team that we could use your help with. If you love spreadsheets, we love you. So that's the gift of administration slash leadership. And the seventh and final one in our passage is the gift of mercy. The gift of mercy. And mercy is showing compassion to the hurting. When people are hurting, when they're suffering, when they're struggling, when they're down. Mercy is seeing those people and having their heart go out to them and just wanting to help them. That's the gift of mercy. In our verse, it says, if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Your attitude matters when it comes to showing mercy. And that's really important because I do not have this spiritual gift, people. If I am in charge of the benevolence fund, nobody's getting help. Nobody deserves it. Okay, and that's why the church needs each other. Okay, I'm serious. I'm giving my faults. Like that is a weakness of mine. It's my lowest whenever I take a spiritual gifts test. I need other people who have that gift. Like, no, I would love to sit down with someone for a few hours to help them solve some of the problems in their life, to come alongside of them and lift them up. Like if you have that, that gift, we need you. 
Um, Jesus showed mercy to people, to the hurting, to the hungry, to, to those who were feeling and experiencing shame. He just loved them and wanted to be with them. And that's an, a powerful thing. That's, that's what maybe the early deacons did when they helped uh, all the widows in the early church. The gift of mercy is important. So if you have this gift, I would say maybe serve in the cafe, maybe serve with our benevolence team or on one of our outreach teams. We need you. We need you to help some of our refugee families. They've got a lot of stuff to figure out. They don't know our language. They don't have jobs yet. They've, they've got to get all that stuff figured out. And if some of you, if your heart is getting pulled, even as I mentioned that, you might have that gift. And if you're like me and you're like, oh, I don't know, that seems like a burden. You don't have that gift, okay? But if you do it, do it cheerfully. And your attitude actually has one of the biggest impacts. So that's the gift of mercy. Those are the seven we're gonna cover today. If your gift wasn't mentioned today, come back next week. We'll go through the last 10 next week. Um, come back next week. And if you're like, Matt, it's Thanksgiving, I'm gonna be gone. Well, guess what? Subscribe online on YouTube or on your podcast app. Subscribe and do not miss next week's message as we finish up what it means to have our spiritual gifts because God needs you to do your job. We need you to do your job. Arise Church Denver needs you to do your job and you have one. And so what we're gonna do with that spiritual gifts test, if you're not serving right now, we're actually gonna reach out and suggest an area that you might wanna serve in. We want you to, to make some room in your schedule and maybe you could serve. And we even are gonna have some leaders at the back tables at the back and we can give you some more information about all the ministries in our church. There was three that I mentioned in particular that are big needs. Welcome team, parking team, and kids ministry. We have big needs there. We've been seeing record attendance over the last couple weeks and we're anticipating even more people, especially coming into the new year. So we need serving in those three areas. So if you don't know what your, your gift is yet or you wanna just explore it, volunteer for one of those teams and we'll get you plugged in. Um, and, and I would just say this, none of us has all of the spiritual gifts. Only Jesus did, right? Only Jesus displayed every single one of them. And Jesus did his job. Aren't you glad he did his job? He even said that my food is to do the will of my father in heaven. He loved doing his father's work. Every job that God gave him, he did. Even at the end, when it was hard, when he was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he still did his job and went up on the cross and died in your place. Aren't you glad he did his job? And if he did his job, we are called to be his body, to be his hands, his feet, his knees, his ankles, whatever it is, we are called to do that and to be the body of Christ, to use our specific gift to impact the people around us, to build up the church and to help more people follow Jesus so that they can have eternal life. And if we do this together, we will make a difference here in Denver and around the world. So do your job. Let's pray. Lord God, I'm, I'm grateful that you've gifted us, that you've called us, that you've given us a mission. Now help us step up to do our job as part of the team. Lead us, help us figure this out. Even if it seems like a small task, Lord God, help us to step in with it, to do it well. And Lord God, I'm just gonna be grateful at the supernatural things you're gonna do in us and through us. Amen. I do just wanna say, like we say this every week, if you have not made a decision to follow Jesus, you should. Because Jesus did die on the cross to forgive you of your sins, to give you his spirit inside of you, not only as a down payment of the eternal life to come, but to give you a gift now so you have greater purpose and can make a bigger impact in this world for the kingdom of God. And if you're like, hey, I don't have that, you need to say a simple prayer to declare with your mouth that you believe in Jesus and you will receive his spirit. You will receive eternal life to live with him forever and you'll have greater purpose now.
So I wanna have everybody close their eyes again. And if you're a follower of Jesus, say this prayer out loud um, and repeat after me to give courage to somebody around you who needs to pray it for the first time. Please repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Save me, forgive me. In faith, I declare Jesus is Lord. Give me the gift of eternal life. Fill me with your spirit. Give me a spiritual gift and help me to follow you and use my gift to serve others. Now with eyes closed and heads bowed, if if you prayed that prayer for the first time and if Jesus today for the first time is your Lord and Savior, we just wanna celebrate with you and we'll give you a special book to help you on your spiritual journey. So raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Put your hand in the air if you made that decision today for the first time, if you said that prayer. And if you're online, go to risedenver.com slash follow. We'll send you this book digitally. Um, Lord God, we're just grateful that you've called us to follow you and we wanna help more people follow Jesus because in you is the fullness of life. We love you. We worship you. Amen.